This is Scientific American Science Quickly. I'm Christopher Indagliata. When I first started working on this series about vernal pools and became convinced I had to go see some for myself, one of the things that surprised me the most was where people kept telling me to go to see them. This landmark is the, by far the largest uh, and most pristine uh, concentration of vernal pools left in San Diego County um, and possibly in California. Um, We're standing in a preserve of hundreds of acres of wild land containing more than a thousand vernal pools. It's also part of a marine base outside San Diego, Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. And my tour guide was a wildlife biologist employed by the Department of Defense, a guy named Chuck Black. Yeah, I, I never thought that I would be coming to a military base to find the the natural resource. Yeah, yeah, well, lots of people don't associate military bases with uh, conservation efforts, but... And it's true, when I think conservation, I think roadless stretches of the Sierra Nevada or remote patches of desert in the Mojave. But here, the natural wonder is sandwiched between a highway, a landfill, and a runway. And there's a reason the military base is the largest remaining stronghold of vernal pools along the Southern California coast. Lots of other stuff around here just got developed. The flat mesa tops like this were the prime areas for development during the uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th century. Um, the vernal pools became farmland, houses, shopping centers. It's estimated that uh, over 98, 99% of the vernal pools that formerly existed in San Diego uh, are, no, are not here any longer. Uh, because of the development. And if you look statewide, the numbers really aren't that different. And vernal pools are considered one of the most threatened ecosystems in the state. A lot of people know that 90% of vernal pools have been lost from the Central Valley since European colonization. But what people don't know a lot about is that these losses are ongoing. This isn't just a historic problem. This is Sean O'Brien. He's a senior wildlife biologist with ICF. That's a consulting firm. And he does biological surveys of vernal pools before developments. And he tries to recommend ways to avoid harming the vernal pools. And if that can't be avoided, then he advises ways to make up for the loss elsewhere. And he says there are a number of things today that threaten vernal pools and the things that live there. But there's one threat that stands out among the rest. I think it's safe to say that habitat loss is the number one concern by a landslide. A recent study by the vernal pool consultant Carol Witham showed that between 2005 and 2018, 9% of the Central Valley's remaining vernal pool habitat, that's 76,000 acres, was wiped out. And more than 90% of those losses were unmitigated. And what that means is the pools were destroyed without adhering to any regulations, which require documenting the loss or preserving pools or restoring them elsewhere to compensate. Witham's report says the majority of these pools are being destroyed to make way for vineyards and orchards. And there are some consultants making a lot of money helping people do that. And she explains that a lot of the habitat loss documented in her report is accomplished with a sort of tricky workaround. It looks like in a lot of cases they avoided at least the larger vernal pools and only planted around them, not through them. But for all intents and purposes, that endangered species habitat if it isn't already gone, it will be gone in very short order. Vernal pools tend to be at the low spots, that's where the water pools, and it's also right where contaminated water from agriculture flows, which can kill things that are living in the pools. And so if the pools were eliminated by mistake like this, well, she says that's a lot harder to enforce. This is part of the reluctance of the regulatory agencies 
to do enforcement actions because they can't prove that the activity killed endangered species because they didn't actually go in and screw up the vernal pools intentionally at the time they put in the trees. But over a very short period of time, all of their activity around the vernal pools will destroy the vernal pools. You know, you, you got to feel for these ranchers, too, who um, see their neighbor just put in an orchard and became millionaires while they have done the right thing and not converted their vernal pool complex into an orchard. And they are they're not getting money out of that. They have no incentive in, to preserve their land. Private ranchers are by far the biggest landholders of the Central Valley's remaining vernal pools. And to be fair, some ranchers are actively preserving the pools on their land through various types of conservation agreements. But even when they aren't, and vernal pools are being transformed into orchards, O'Brien says in some cases the fairy shrimp seem to follow that famous Jeff Goldblum line from Jurassic Park. No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life... Uh, finds a way. You'll still see shrimp hatch out in these plowed fields. They certainly are resilient creatures. Yeah, from a zoomed out on a very, very long view, I think fairy shrimp as a group are going to be okay. I talked to Shannon Blair about this. She's a molecular ecologist at the University of Idaho, and she did a lot of work on fairy shrimp as a grad student and postdoc at the University of California, Davis. I think the dangers of losing vernal pools is that they aren't just isolated habitats. They're deeply connected to the uh, agricultural productivity of the region, to the wildlife and the, the migratory birds of the area, and they, they protect and support native amphibians. So you lose a lot more than just a pond when you lose a pond. But just looking at the fairy shrimp, she says they're survivors, despite what humans might be able to throw at them. They've lived through the breakup of, of Pangaea. They've lived through the KT extinction. They've lived through the meteor that killed the dinosaurs. They've lived through multiple ice ages. And they are still, as an order, they're found all over the globe, in the deserts, in the Arctic. Um, on rocky outcroppings. They're found in the rich jungles of South America. They're found on islands. They represent an ability to survive in very difficult, very changeable conditions. And they do that by sort of waiting until things are perfect before they emerge again and changing rapidly and adapting rapidly to new environments as they arise. Her point reminded me of something that Chuck Black had said while we were wandering the vernal pools at Miramar. I've even seen fairy shrimp in the asphalt tie-down hollows on the runway that are only about as big as your, your cupped hands. And, and they, they can survive in tiny little puddles on the runway. These things are truly hardcore. And I should stress that nobody told me we shouldn't be concerned or alarmed even at the vernal pools that are vanishing right now today but there might be some reason so, to hope. Yeah, luckily, they're very tough species. They withstand the disturbance and stuff. And so if you dig a hole that holds water long enough, most of the plants and fairy shrimp will do just fine. Um, if you pave it over with a parking lot, no way. <laughs> so. If we don't completely destroy the remaining vernal pools, it seems the extraordinary creatures that call them home might just find a way to hang on. 
Science Quickly is produced by Jeff Del Vicio, Tulika Bose, and Kelso Harbor. Music by Dominic Smith. Don't forget to subscribe to Science Quickly wherever you get your podcasts. Just head over to scientificamerican.com for in-depth science news. For Science Quickly, I'm Christopher Indagliato.